This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back and welcome back to the show, Aaron Smith. Aaron, how are you, sir? Great, Michael. How are you doing today? I am great. Uh, you, uh, congratulations, are the first guest I've ever had on more than once on this show. So uh, you're, you, you're setting the tone for everybody. No pressure. Uh, but it's, it's glad to, and I'm glad to have you back. You've got a new book coming out, uh, Blank Check, and it's really good timing on it because at the time of our interview, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis and education is front and center because so many schools are closed and kids are needing to be taught and we're learning new ways to deliver education. So let's, let's dive in. And, you know, what prompted you to write this book? Cause I know you started writing it prior to, you know, what we're facing. So uh, it's, it's the interesting timing of it is um, how this book is probably more prevalent than ever. So uh, tell us a little bit about the book. So Blank Check basically started off as, it originally started as a continuation from my first book, Awakening Your STEM School. And uh, the co-author of that, Bud Ramey and I, we were sitting down having a great conversation. He was like, why are you creating another cookbook? And I looked at him kind of funny because he's, he's always got these wise methodical expressions and mannerisms. He says, do something that's going to challenge people you know how to do it in the right way. You know what the kids need. And we just started thinking about it. And we said, what if we could make public education, everything it is through a blank check. And then 23 versions later, here we are. Um, it's, it's a story of not only hope, but also the importance of why we need to reinvest our priorities into making education number one again. Well, it's crucial, and because we we take for granted, quite frankly, uh, every one of us that are in our careers, and some of us are deep into it, and we forget the foundation that education did and provided for us in order for us to do the things we do today. Because if we didn't have that education, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we need to do. So, having education catch up with what we need to have as far as training today is something that I've noticed has been lacking in many situations. And I know it's frustrating for educators because they want to teach what's prevalent and what kids need today to be successful in today's world and tomorrow's world. And sometimes the curriculum that's decided upon by the powers that be uh, creates some significant challenges. So I'm sure you touch on that quite a bit in the book. We do. We do. But we also think about drawing interest on places that we need to go. First of all, we've got to understand that our children and, and ourselves also are really lifelong learners. And we have to focus not only on the subjects, but we must focus on the skills that are going to help kids transfer from job to job because technology is going to change faster and faster. And if you don't have those skills to be adaptable to it, you're not going to be successful. 
and it's only going to increase a poverty gap that we're already seeing across the world. And it's so important that we have to do this together as a community, as a school system, as a business, all working together from start to finish. Yeah, the collaboration is a crucial component, I think, because I, I see the disconnect a lot uh, between we'll pick out the corporate world for a second. So the corporate world and then what's being taught in colleges and universities. And sometimes there's a big disconnect. I know that's a little bit further along the path, but it, it, it makes perfect sense because when you're trying to find something in the workforce and the, the demand and all of that, you constantly hear corporations say, well, you know, they're not being taught what they need to be taught in schools and they leave it there mm-hmm. instead of why don't you get involved and let's all collaborate as a society and figure out what is needed for the leaders of today and tomorrow from education so we can work on that together and design it. And I agree with you, lifelong learning is something that needs to be grasped a little bit more tightly by people because gone are the days of, okay, you go through, you get your high school diploma and away you go. And you go work in the factory or go work somewhere for 30 years. You get the gold watch and you go home. You know, those days are long gone. I, my own career, I've reinvented myself several times. I've learned all kinds of new skills and traits because I needed to, because I wanted to go in a different direction from a career standpoint, which required me to learn new things. And I learn things all the time and I continue to learn whether it's certifications or other things and creating that environment, the desire as a society that that should be the norm and not the exception is something that I think that'll be beneficial for everybody involved. It it has to be. When you talk about collaboration, you know, you need one another for centuries in America, much less across the world education, the subjects were taught in silos. It's the same scenario. Schools operated in their own silo, corporate world operated in their own silo, and there was no bridge. But because things were evolving, so we have to bridge education to business. We have to make sure education understands that these are the things that are lacking. We're not only talking about digital literacy, we're talking about the creativity, the critical thinking, the soft skills that are still the number one core essentials in today's workforce. But at the same time, the corporations have to understand that you're not going to get great citizens and you're not going to get great employees unless you invest back into the schools. And I think the fear factor is it's all about money. To an extent, it is. But if you're a salary person, why can't you be able to commit some of your time into going to these schools and mentoring kids? Or if you're a company and you have the availability to set up internships for high school kids interested in going in manufacturing and design, give them that opportunity to do that. Because that's the skills that you want to see not only on the resume, but day one on that job site, rocking and rolling. Well, I think back to my senior year in high school, I went into the co-op program, which basically was you went to school a little bit less and then you worked 
in a job. And originally mm-hmm. it was in marketing. So I worked at uh, a grocery store that I worked at for a couple of years. And then my career path was public accounting at that particular time. So I made the decision to switch from the marketing side of things to business and then got placed into an accounting firm where I worked for eight years. Um, So that was in, you know, a good chunk. That was the first major career that I had was in accounting. And believe me, that created a foundation for me that is segued into IT management, leadership, healthcare, nonprofit leadership, my own businesses, all of these things. But it all started with me asking one of the placement people if there was any opportunities in accounting firms because it was the beginning of tax season. I figured, okay, I, I should be able to find something. Mm-hmm. And and for that first tax season, you know, my job was pretty much to compile tax return paperwork for the clients and staple them and put the right envelope and mailing. Okay. They owe the IRS money. Okay. Here, use this envelope. Okay. They're getting a refund. Use this one, all of these things. And this of course was before online submissions and all of that. So everything was paper driven, but at the end of the day, it was expertise and experience that I learned while I was in high school that paved the way for well, my entire career, even though I'm not in accounting anymore, believe me, the skills that I learned working at that firm and getting a degree in accounting has paid tremendous dividends in my life and has given me opportunities to do things that I wouldn't have had if I would have stayed on the marketing side of things, although that could have taken me in a completely different direction as well. But having those opportunities where businesses worked with the education system said, yes, give us your students because we want to mentor them and teach them how we need things done. So when they are ready to go into the workforce, they're ready to go. Yeah. And thankfully there are champions out there that are already starting to do that. Uh, The society of manufacturer engineers, education foundation, SMEF, is they've created their own platform. It's kind of similar to LinkedIn, but it allows professionals to interact with high school students that are interested in prospective engineering, manufacturing fields. And you create some synergy there. And what I'm seeing happening is they're finding some great conversations, some great integrations, and some things that they also see that they really need to hone in on for the schools. What the schools need to do is they need to continue helping the teachers get involved in the real world applications. That's the highest form of learning is when kids are actively involved, self-sustaining learning and have the availability to learn the theory to the skills. Going to be highly employed and they're going to be well sought out after. Yeah, it's basically bridging and eventually it's, you know, just walking across the street of the academia versus real life application, because there's been a bridge and sometimes that bridge is working and sometimes it's not where people are taught. And I remember this from my accounting school days, you know, I was in university and getting my degree and then I, I was still working at that accounting firm and I'd be doing something at the firm and they said, no, actually we do it this way. And we use this method because of this. And like, but I learned this in class. It's like, Oh, we haven't done that in 10 years. 
And that was an awakening for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm paying for an education that is outdated. Like that doesn't sit well with me. Well, like, and that's the sad reality that we're in is schools do their best to keep up, but they're still years behind. I mean, you, you, you think about it, education thinks there are those in education. Let me rephrase that. That thinks five years, you're still within the, the realm of, of theory and relativity. Well, in today's world, and, and you know this, it changes by the day now. So in my opinion, curriculum should be updated annually. And I think teachers need to have that opportunity to get extensive training in the summer to be updated as well as with the curriculum and their resources. What comes to mind is my dad used to work for the auto industry. And of course, during the summer months, they would retool the plants because they were making new cars. But then there was also an education uh, to everybody that worked on the assembly line. Okay, this is the new car. These are the new parts. This is how they are installed. So they were constantly being updated on their skill set as far as what they need to do because a lot of people think well what's the big deal you put a wheel on there you, you screw in some parts and away you go it's like well no the cars even when he worked there uh, were getting more and more complex so it wasn't just a simple case of you know you're installing a door for example well you know there's going to be differences on how that mm-hmm. is going to work you know the types of bolts they use how it goes in what it works you know what other things you need to have mm-hmm. and i agree with you it, with with teachers you know, getting away from those textbooks that are obviously dated and going and utilizing technology where they can be onboarded with, okay, these are the latest STEM related things that, you know, that are being taught uh, across and they're approved. And here's, here's what you need to teach this year. Here's the curriculum. Here's the supports where if you have questions as an educator, here's the forums and the support line to be able to inquire about these things because again the teachers are learning a lot of the new stuff just the same way the kids are so it making sure that that continuing education for the instructors in order for them to have the most success in teaching is is imperative and it's one of the things that i see and i know a lot of people that are in the education world and teachers i've got family that are retired teachers and a lot of teachers i see today are being overwhelmed with what they have to do. And, yeah. Yeah. and especially now thrown in with the COVID-19 stuff, you know, okay, now you're teaching online and they're going, wait a minute. And none of this matches with the curriculum that I set up back in August in order to teach this stuff. And it's towards the end of the school year as well. So that tends to be, all right, we got to catch people up and and wrap things up as far as what we're teaching this particular school year. And then, you know, we drop a, fortunately a grenade into those plants. And now they're, they're, they're scrambling to try to learn a new system, how to help the kids with their homework. Here's the assignments, all of these things. And it's, it's a big, big task, but I think, Again, it does create the opportunity for educators, the education system, and everybody abroad to look at, okay, we need to create new ways to deliver education that's easier for the educators to deploy, easier for the students to access, but also teach them what they need to be taught today and not something that 
I was taught when I was in school decades ago. Yep. Yep. And you know, what I'm seeing is teachers know how to use the platforms to deliver distance learning. The problem is they don't know how to utilize it. They really don't know all of the intricacies that they can develop into making distance learning fully optimal for the kids. At the same time, the kids don't understand how to receive digital learning because what they've been used to are canned programs that have PowerPoint, um, you know, somebody speaking and occasionally raising your hand. It needs to be effective feedback. It needs to be an intrinsic uh, delivery method. You've got to be engaging the students as well as the teachers. I think the corporate world's onto something because they've been doing this for a little bit, but I still feel that there are times when professional development in the corporate world is still like that Charlie Brown minutia where all they're doing is just wah, 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 wah. And, you know, the employee really doesn't get a chance to sink their hands into something that'll really sustain that, that learning that they want them to get. It, it's a curve that I think everybody needs to be on. I'll give a real life example, uh, organization I'm helping out. Um, they have just replaced their CRM system with a new one and the other one they've been using since the year 2000. Okay. It's 2020. So do the math there. Huge learning curve for them. Yep. And you know, the trainers came in and did their typical, here's our half day training. And it's like, wait a minute, this is something that this organization uses as the backbone of their operations. We're gonna need more than four hours of training on this because they have to, in a way, unlearn what they were using before and learn this new thing. The workflow is different. Mm -hmm. Phrases, all of these things are different. So you know, I, I told them, I said, no, we, if we have to, we'll pay for the additional training hours, but come out here and get a complete understanding on how they, have their workflow. If we can match the workflow of what they're used to, to this system and it makes sense, then yeah, let's do that. But otherwise understand that there's going to be different ways to go about doing what we need to do. And we need to find again, what's most efficient and easy for the end user to be able to use the system and do it in such a way where you know, they're able to make the impact that they need to do. So I see it in the corporate world all the time. And it's going to be the same in, in the education field as well as we roll out all of these new systems that I'm sure will be coming out over the next coming months and years. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think people are going to try to find a quick fix solution. And I think you really need to invest the time and the thought into it. Notice I didn't say money because money doesn't always solve the problems. We think it does, and sometimes it can, but really it's thinking through it and being systematically flawless so that once a platform is launched, once a training is launched, then they have the availability, the structure, and the opportunities to receive it all. I mean, what you said is a powerful example of something that happens everywhere, sadly, but it's something that we all can overcome too. Yeah, it's and it, it, I love how you said patience because society, and I think this is something it's deep at the root of the 
whole COVID-19 situation where people are having some difficulties working from home and the work pace is different. Now, some places the work pace is a little crazy because you have managers that don't really know how to work in a remote environment and manage a team remotely. So things are a little chaotic, but in some other industries and other businesses, it's slower. So all of a sudden you have this slower pace of doing things, which is much slower than what we've been accustomed to in society. And it's throwing people off. They're like, what do I do? Um, Well, remember how to be bored, I guess, you know, it's like, there's uh, there it's, you know, it's like how to be bored, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, there's, there's ways to just kind of go at things a little bit different and, and take some time and, and, and study and, and learn and figure out, okay, you know, don't set that. Okay. We need to have a brand new system in place in the next 10 days. Now what's going on with the whole, disaster recovery and governments and working remotely and all that many, many organizations have had to basically reinvent how they do business in a very short period of time. And we've seen that time and time again throughout all kinds of industries, including education. You know, I'm, I'm sure no one was planning. Okay. Yeah. And starting in you know March and April, no kids are coming to school and we have to educate them remotely. I don't think that was on anybody's plans when they were designing things last fall. So here we are, but yeah, in emergency situations, we have to do that. But once the dust settles from this and we can return to whatever normal will look like, I agree. I I think the education system needs to take a, a longer look on how they want to do things from the lessons that we learned throughout these past few months and, and apply them so that whatever is implemented is done well and takes into account those opportunities that, that we've discussed today. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's so sad that we're in such a, a, a critical state as a world, but I'll always tell people there's things that we can look at that will come out positive outside of this. And we're going to certainly lose some lives and that's very sad. But my prayer is that things will hopefully get better in some capacity. And who knows, maybe education will be one of those places that it can improve and that it can become um, a thriving economy for everybody. I wholeheartedly agree. So Aaron, tell us where you can get the book. I know it's coming out in a little bit, but uh, a little bit more about the book and anywhere else you want people to find you. Sure. So um, the book, Blank Check, What Would You Do If You Could Reinvent Education, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can also check out my website, aaronsmithphd.com forward slash blank check, and you'll be able to get a trailer and you'll also be able to download the first chapter. I think once you see the first chapter, you'll be uh, really surprised at some of the issues that educators are facing, and hopefully it'll spring your uh, enthusiasm towards getting the book, and more importantly, making awareness in your community that it is time for all of us to change education. I wholeheartedly agree, and I'll have that information in the show notes. Aaron, great to connect again. Always appreciate you and this amazing work you're doing to to make education better for the leaders of the future and our society. Hey, Michael, thank you so much. I've 
I've always enjoyed talking with you and it's certainly an honor again to be on your show. And, and hopefully I held up to your standards. You know, I, I was starting to sweat a little bit at first thinking I was a set first time, second person, or what was that second person? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You, you handled it well. And I, I was, I wasn't going to say anything, but then I, I was realizing it's like, wait a minute. I don't think I've ever had anybody on the show. And I, I do have other people that are scheduled that have been on the show before a little bit later on, but I, you're the first. So uh, no, you. You, you handled it well. Appreciate it. Thank you. So Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.